Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more and visit the website johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Uh, we don't have any guests today. Uh, the reason why is because uh, that part came in, but it didn't quite work. So we've got another day of uh, kind of winging it, pe- patching it together in order to put on a show. But we've got some great information for you today. It is February the 9th, and on this day in 1971, pitcher Leroy Satchel Page became the first Negro League veteran to be nominated for the Baseball Hall of Fame. In August of that year, Page, a pitching legend known for his fastball, showmanship, and longevity of his playing career, which spanned five decades, was inducted. Joe DiMaggio once called Page the best and fastest pitcher I ever faced. That's from Joe DiMaggio. Page was born in Mobile, Alabama, more than likely on July the 7th, 1906, although the exact date remains a mystery. He earned his nickname Satchel as a boy when he earned money carrying passengers' bags to train stations. Baseball was segregated when Page started playing baseball professionally in the 1920s, so he spent most of his career pitching for Negro League teams around the United States. During the winter season, he pitched for the teams in the Caribbean and Central and South America. As a barnstorming player who traveled thousands of miles each season and played for whichever team met his asking price, he pitched an estimated 2,500 games, had 300 shutouts, and 55 no-hitters. In one month in 1935, he reportedly pitched 29 consecutive games. In 1947, Jackie Robinson broke baseball's color barrier and became the first African-American to play in the major leagues when he joined the Brooklyn Dodgers. The following year, Page also entered the majors, signing with the Cleveland Indians, now the Guardians, and becoming, at age 42, baseball's oldest rookie. He helped the uh, Indians with the pennant that year and later played for the St. Louis Browns and the Kansas City A's. Page retired from the baseball in 1953, but returned in 1965 to pitch three innings for the Kansas City A's. He was 59 years of age at the time, making him the oldest person ever to play in the major leagues. In addition to being famous for his talent and longevity, Page was also well known for his sense of humor and colorful observations on life, including Don't Look Back, something might, Somebody Might Be Catching Up With You, and Age is a Question of Mind Over Matter. If you don't mind, it just doesn't matter. Satchel Page, he died June 8, 1982 in Kansas City, Missouri. What a great pitcher, member of the Hall of Fame. Well, despite of all of Justin Trudeau's lies, smears, and dirty tricks, he's losing the battle of public opinion. The Canadian people have had enough. The latest polling shows a majority of Canadians want the tyrannical COVID restrictions to end. This is a 15-point swing in the major opinion in just two weeks. The top Toronto Sun reported, A majority of Canadians now say it's time to end COVID restrictions, according to the Angus Reid poll, a sharp increase from when the same question was asked in early January. The latest poll, taken January 27th and 28th, found 54% want restrictions to be lifted compared to just 39% who felt that way two weeks earlier. 
The poll asked people if they agreed or disagreed with the statement, it's time to end restrictions and let people self-isolate if they feel like they're at risk. A majority, 54%, now say it's time to remove restrictions and let Canadians manage their own level of risk, an increase of 15% percentage points since the question was asked in early January. So interesting. Striking tri- uh, stuck, trucker strike still continues, and uh, lots of interesting developments. We'll talk about that during the show. Well, according to Republican Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, Republicans, including himself, had the support of former President Donald Trump, and any notion to the contrary can be attributed to media spin. DeSantis says, Donald Trump's a friend of mine. He's proud when people do well, and it's not just me, but obviously he's a Florida resident, and he appreciates the job that we've done. He told me that many times, not just only with helping with the election, but also how we govern the state. He wants to see Republicans doing well, DeSantis continued, and I think that when media is trying to act like he's upset at me for doing well, I think that's total bunk. I think they're just making it up, and I think he's somebody that wants to see, you know, not just Republicans do well, but see the people are actually going forward to stand and fight, do and do well across the board. Obviously, Florida is an important state, the third largest state in the country, and really us and Texas are the two biggest states that have sizable Republican footprints, and so we're proud of that, and we're going to keep it on, keep on going. Democrats and the media are trying to stoke division with the Republican Party in order to re-elect President Biden. No, I mean, look, I think that's what, uh, what they're trying to do is, as they're trying to get Biden uh, going on, on board. They did this all they could to get Biden elected. Okay, they lied about Trump for four years. They did everything they could to get Biden elected, the guy who campaigned from his basement. They never asked any questions about that. Well, now he gets in, and he's had a disastrous first year as president, said the worst first-year presidency of any president since the 1800s. People compare him to Jimmy Carter. Carter was much better and much more successful in his first year than Biden has been. So know that they, they know that the Democrats are in for a shellacking in 2022. So they're trying to change the topic and they're trying to drive dissension among Republicans. And so my message to people is don't take the bait. Understand what they're trying to do. We need to be united and say we don't like what the Biden administration is doing. We offer a better course in Florida. I think other uh, Republican states are offering better vision in their states as well. And let's go in 2022 with a full head of steam with everybody united on the same team. We want people that are going to fight the left. And that's what we need to do in this country. That's what we're going to do in Florida, standing up for people's freedoms. We're opposing wokeness. We're opposing all those things to act like the main issue is the, in the country is things that happened over a year ago. I can tell you in Florida, that's not what Floridians are concerned about. They're concerned about inflation and gas prices. They're thankful that Florida is a free state, but they look around the country and see how fragile freedom is. They're thankful that we're a law and order state, but they look around and see what's happening in, others, in a lot of these cities where crimes are spiking. Uh, Donald, again, Donald Trump Again, I think a good friend of Florida, a good friend of Ron DeSantis, and I think DeSantis is doing a great job. Good message. We all need to stand united and understand that the press, as well as the Democrat Party, is trying to divide us. Well, in November 2022, Smartmatic, an election technology and ballot counting company, sued Newsmax and OAN, One American News. That's uh, followed their previous lawsuit against Fox News. 
The former president of Smartmatic, Lord Mark Malik, currently leads the George Soros Open Society Foundation. In August 2017, Smartmatic director Antonio Mugia uh, admitted during the Smartmatic machines and software was tampered with when created at least one million phantom votes in the national election in Venezuela. On Monday, Newsmax TV countersued Smartmatic Corporation, denying they defamed the election voting systems company. This is from uh, Reuters. Right-wing U.S. television network Newsmax Media Incorporated on Monday countersued Smartmatic, an election security firm that says it was defamed by Newsmax's coverage of the 2020 presidential election. Smartmatic sued Newsmax in November for amplifying false claims that Smartmatic voting machines rigged the election against then-President Donald Trump, who persist in falsely claiming his defeat was the result of fraud. Uh, these claims, I think, are not false at all. In response, uh, a response filed in Delaware State Court, San Diego-based Newsmax denied it defamed Smartmatic and claimed the election software firm was trying to censor free speech and intimidate a critic. The action brought by uh, Smartmatic against Newsmax arises from it because of Newsmax's exercise of its right to free speech and its connection with issues of public interest, Newsmax lawyers said in the filing. A Smartmatic spokesperson, well, needless to say, did not immediately respond to a request for a request for comment. So, uh, Newsmax is suing. It's good to see because for a while they just refused to talk about the last election. Now they're finally saying we're going to go ahead and sue Smartmatic back like they sued us. Hopefully that'll lead to discovery, which will allow us to discover a lot more about what's happening in those machines. Obviously, Smartmatic and uh, other companies that provided this uh, machinery uh, facilitated, in my opinion, uh, stealing the election. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at uh, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Higher Senior Resources at the Golden Gate Senior Center goes a long way towards keeping seniors connected in the community and with each other. 
Serving all of Cuyahoga County, the Senior Center provides comprehensive information regarding resources and services that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers, empowering seniors to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Programs are offered free of charge in a safe, welcoming space and focus on fellowship, enrichment and wellness, continuing education, and meeting basic needs through offerings such as daily hot lunch, health screenings, and counseling services. So whether you're looking for referrals to services or a vibrant place to make friends, enjoy community support, or learn something new, Collier Senior Resources at the Golden Gate Senior Center is your Collier Senior Center. To learn more about programs and services, please visit CollierSeniorResources.org. That's CollierSeniorResources.org. Or call the Senior Center directly at 239-252-4534. That's 252-3534. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse. Not only building a 44,000 square foot performing arts center in downtown Naples, it's going to be absolutely beautiful, but also bringing you professional New York style theater at its very best. And you can get tickets now by visiting the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. GolfShorePlayhouse.org. Well, a blue banner displaying the U.S. Department of Homeland Security seal with the text National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin. Uh, there was a bulletin that was issued uh, on the 7th, on Monday, at 2 p.m., and it's called the National Terrorism Advisory System. The bulletin is uh, the summary of terrorism threat to the U.S. homeland. This is scary stuff. Can't believe that we're uh, really weaponizing. Homeland Department of Homeland Security against American citizens, but here's how it reads. The United States remains in a heightened threat environment fueled by several factors, including an online environment filled with false or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories and other forms of mis and dis and malinformation, they call that MDM, introduced and or amplified by foreign and domestic threat actors. These threat actors seek to exacerbate societal friction to sow discord and undermine public trust in government institutions to encourage unrest, which could potentially inspire acts of violence, mass casualty attacks, and other acts of targeted violence conducted by the lone offenders and small groups acting in furtherance of ideological beliefs and or personal grievances pose an on ongoing threat to the nation. And while the conditions underlying the heightened threat landscape have not significantly changed over the last year, the convergence of the following factors have increased the volatility, unpredictability, and complexity of the threat environment. Number one, the proliferation of false or misleading narratives which sow discord or undermine public trust in U.S. government institutions. Unbelievable. And number two, continued calls for violence directed at U.S. critical infrastructure, soft targets, and mass gatherings, faith-based institutions such as churches, synagogues, and mosques, institutions of higher learning, racial and religious minorities, government facilities and personnel, including law enforcement and the military, the media and perceived ideological opponents, and calls by foreign terrorist organizations for attacks on the United States based on recent events. So this is issued on the 7th, and it's going to go through June the 7th, 2022. And here's some additional details. 
The primary terrorism-related threat to the United States continues to stem from lone offenders or small cells of individuals who are motivated by a range of foreign and or domestic grievances, often cultivated through the consumption of certain online content, the convergence of violent extremist ideologies, ideologies, false or misleading narratives, and conspiracy theories have and will continue to contribute to the heightened threat of violence in the United States. Key factors contributing to the current heightened threat environment include, now listen to this, the proliferation of false or misleading narratives which sow discord or undermine public trust in the United States. Uh, here's a couple of examples. Uh, there's a widespread online proliferation of false or misleading narratives regarding unsubstantiated widespread election fraud and COVID-19. Grievances associated with these themes inspired violent extremist attacks during 2021. Are you really kidding me? This is unbelievable. So they're attacking those that are uh, speaking honestly and speaking truth to power about uh, the election fraud and COVID-19. Here, continuing now, malign foreign powers have and continue to amplify these false or misleading narratives and efforts to damage the United States. Continued calls for violence directed at U.S. critical infrastructure, soft targets, and mass gatherings, faith-based institutions such as church, synagogues, and mosques, institutions of higher learning, racial and religious minorities, government facilities and personnel, including law enforcement and the military, the media, and perceived ideological opponents, foreign terrorist organizations, and domestic threat actors, continue to amplify pre-existing false or misleading narratives online to sow discord and undermine public trust in government institutions. Some of these actors do so to encourage unrest while could lead to uh, acts of violence against the facilities, individuals, institutions, and organizations cited above. Violent extremists, inspired by a range of grievances and ideologies, continue to target Crowded venues traditionally perceived to be soft targets, such as commercial and publicly accessible facilities, public gatherings, certain government and state facilities, and houses of worship. This is unbelievable. The recent attack on the synagogue in Colleyville, Texas, highlights the continued threat of violence based on racial or religious motivations, as well as threats against faith-based organizations. Well, this goes on, and I'm not going to read all of it, but I, I will tell you this. They're conflating a lot of different information here, and they're including, obviously, if there are some cells or small groups of people that are targeting uh, historically black colleges and universities or Jewish facilities and so on, certainly that's a source of concern. But really, those that are speaking out, speaking truth to power about COVID-19, about different opinions and, and uh, about the policies that are in place here in the United States, or about uh, the election in 2020. Lots of evidence to show, in fact, uh, evidence discovered today uh, that's uh, demonstrating that there are thousands and th tens of thousands of ballots that are uh, not legal, for example, in the state of Arizona. They're moving quickly in order to decertify the election, the electors in Arizona. There's a movement uh, right now, a, a, a bill that's been uh, proposed in the uh, state Senate in, uh, in Arizona. And then there's continued activity in Wisconsin and other states as well. Things are moving forward. And so they're basically saying, well, this is not well-meaning. This is actually a terrorist threat. It's just unacceptable to think that this is what they're stooping to right now. They're obviously 
very concerned about the shakiness of their power. They, they're they concerned about the fact that they know they actually uh, used nefarious means in order to win the election, and they're concerned about being uh, discovered, and they're concerned about uh, they're concerned about this all being revealed. So uh, they're sending out, this is from the Department of Homeland Securities. It says, uh, listening, listen to local authorities and public safety officials. If you see something, say something. It's actually registered trademark. Report suspicious activity and threats of violence, including online threats to local law enforcement, FBI field offices, or your local fusion center. Call 911 in case of an emergency. If you know someone who is struggling with mental health issues or poses a danger to themselves or others, also seek help. It's just uh, if you see something, say something, report suspicious activity. So in other words, they're asking for people to speak up if they see things that alarm them. This is, uh, certainly, that's, that's advisable for you to see. For example, those that are plotting against the United States with dangerous activities. But to categorize and conflate the activities of conservatives who are concerned about what's happening in this government right now, it's uh, extremely disappointing, to say the least. All right, coming up, we're going to have more here on The Bob Harden Show on The Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of The Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Luke Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Luke Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the Intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform. You can find out more 
and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Choicesocial.us. Well, Dr. Joseph Lapata was appointed by Governor Ron DeSantis in September to replace Dr. Scott Rifkis as the state surgeon general. He also serves as head of the Department of Health. His appointment must be confirmed by the full Senate, which will vote on the coming days now that the Ethics and Elections Committee voted 5-4 to four along party lines to recommend his confirmation. Democratic state senators grilled the Florida Surgeon General at his confirmation hearings. For example, one question, why can't you just come out and say vaccines work, one lawmaker said. He kind of reminded me of the uh, Brett Kavanaugh hearings, although, of course, a little less testy, but irrespective, you get the idea. They're just simply attacking him, in my opinion. If you read the, the column in the Naples Daily News, a lot different. They, <laughs> they they seem to be justifying what the Democrats are doing here. But irrespective, here's one comment. We're in the middle of a pandemic, Polsky said, and sizing up uh, the nominee who was not recommended by his former supervisor as part of a right-wing fringe medical group who has turned his position into a political one, who is dubious about vaccines and thinks masks are useless, even when requested by someone to wear one. Unbelievable. Earlier, Polsky asked Lopato uh, uh, what he, he knew about America's Frontline Doctors, a group that Lopato associated with while at UCLA. In July 2020, he stood on the steps of the U.S. Supreme Court with several other members of the organization, championing hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin as treatments against COVID-19, which, by the way, both work, irrespective. It sounds like you're uh, taking a laissez-faire approach to boosters, Polsky said, asking why he hasn't been more proactive. Lopato actually emphasized the educational approach of the department. Providing that information is the basis of our strategy rather than taking a more coercive measure to promote a public health goal. Uh, He's going to be confirmed, but nevertheless, I think uh, the Democrat senators are posturing and preening for the press in order to make their impression. The sad thing is that uh, Lopato, Dr. Lopato, certainly has our best interests in mind when he's making health recommendations. Unfortunately, in my view, the CDC, Dr. Fauci and others don't have our best interests at heart. It seems to me they're promoting uh, big pharma. That's the, uh, that's the approach that they're taking, unfortunately. Well, parental choice got a win in Virginia on Monday after the state Supreme Court upheld an executive order from GOP Governor Glenn Youngkin banning public school districts from imposing mask mandates on students. Following the ruling, Republican Attorney General Jason Myers uh, called a win for Virginia families in allowing parents to have their children opt out of wearing a mask if they so desired. At the beginning of the pandemic, Governor Northam used his broad emergency powers to close places of worship, private businesses, and schools, and impose statewide mandates. mandates. Nearly two years later, we've been better risk mitigation, strategies, vaccines, and we know much more about the efficacy of requiring children to wear masks all day, that according to uh, the Attorney General. We agree with the court's decision and will continue to defend the executive order. This is a victory for Virginia, Virginia families. The ruling follows Yonkin's decision last week to join a parental lawsuit against Loudoun County and the Loudoun County Public Schools, which has issued a mask mandate for students in defiance of Yonkin's order. Well, this particular decision will feed into this next decision at Loudoun County 
I think the Loudoun County uh, School District is going to end up taking a loss on this one. Kids should not be wearing masks. Don't know why they're in, uh, continuing to try and impose uh, these draconian measures. Well, the Biden administration is uh, funding crack pipes through the Department of Health and Human Services, claiming it need, it's needed for racial equity. As reported just the news, uh, the news outlet Just the News, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration is providing nearly $30 million for a grant program that will include funding for the purchase and distribution of crack pipes to drug addicts to underserved communities to advance racial equity. The money will be allocated over the next three years for the Harm Reduction Grant Program designed to support community-based overdose prevention programs, syringe service programs, and other harm reduction services. Among the required activities listed in the program description, the funds will be used to purchase equipment and supplies to enhance harm reduction efforts, including safe sex kits, including PREP sources and condoms, safe smoking kits and supplies, syringes to prevent and control the spread of infectious diseases, and the HSHS spokesperson told the Washington Free Beacon that smoking kits will provide pipes for users to smoke crack cocaine, crystal methamphetamines, and and any illicit substance. That's just such a shame. You know, here in St. Matthew's House, they do a great job with substance abuse, help people get it under control, help them get back on their feet, help them get back to work. But unfortunately, this administration is saying we're just going to feed into the addiction now, I get it. It's going to make them, you know, more safe if they choose to uh, to uh, smoke or smoke crack or you know, take illicit drugs. But wouldn't it be a better idea to get these people off the street, get them clean, get them back to work, make them productive? I think so. Unfortunately, this is what our tax dollars are going for, and it's just very, very upsetting. Well, Representative Matt Rosendale, uh, he's a Republican from Uh, Montana, on Tuesday introduced legislation that would block security and military assistance to Ukraine until the United States' southern border is secured. The latest example of Republican concern that Ukraine's border security is being prioritized over the American border security. The Secure America's Border First Act would prohibit the expenditure or obligation of military and security assistance to Kiev until there's an operation control of the U.S.-Mexican border where the uh, border crisis is moving into its second year. There's a growing concern in Washington, D.C. about the Russian buildup of forces at the Ukrainian border. U.S. combat forces have arrived in Poland this week and amid fears that the Russian invasion of Ukraine could see Kiev fall within days. But Rosendale's bill seeks to bring attention back to the southern border, where there are 178,840 migrant apprehensions in December alone, capping a year when they saw massive migrant numbers as well as drugs such as fentanyl pouring into the United States. I think it's quite hypocritical if someone in the United States Congress is willing to expend funds to secure a border overseas thousands of miles away while they're not willing to secure our own border, he said. Uh, as we are witnessing not, not, a th- not a threat, but we are witnessing an absolute invasion that is taking place right now on our southern border, he said that the U.S. has no legal or moral authority to come to Ukraine's aid, and we have uh, war hawks on both sides of the aisle who are willing to go over there and spend American blood and treasure in Ukraine 
And what I'm saying is that we're not obligated. And so at least the minimum we can do is secure our own border first if you're going to go over there and spend money. But that certainly makes a lot of a lot of sense. Rosendale's bill will hold back funds back until the border wall is, system is complete, which was halted, of course, by the Biden administration. And it has to be completed in operational control as defined by the 2006 Security Fence Act. And once that's achieved, uh, then those, if they insisted on it, going to Ukraine. Again, uh, this being in Ukraine makes no sense for the United States. Certainly securing our border makes a lot of sense. And uh, we should, uh, I think that's a pretty good bill. I think it's a good idea. I think it certainly brings it to uh, the public interest and attention by filing this bill. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Linda Harden. Linda's my wife, of course, and we'll be talking about some of the current events happening here in the world. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive confident retirement approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratostale Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year. And since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and I proudly serve on their board. The website is thefga.org, thefga.org. We have with us Linda Harden. Linda's my wife, of course, but also extremely well-versed in what's happening in current events. 
really pays attention to social media and gets a lot of the information that I got from, uh, of course, media sites as well. Linda, thank you so much for joining us here Good on the morning. show. Good morning, Linda. All right, so uh, let's talk a little bit about what's happening on COVID because it seems to me that all of a sudden there's some sort of a release, a press release or directive coming from the Democrat Party saying we're going to reverse course on COVID. Let's uh, get the word out that we're going to free things up. What are your thoughts? Oh, my goodness. Um, Everything is in about face. It's just so amazing from from the you know, I mean, it's not covered on all mainstream media, but it's being covered a lot that all these cities and, and states are doing an about face about lifting, lifting the mask mandates and, and, and freeing things up. Um, and they're saying that it's all because of an election year. But what I, what I said to you off air was just so amazing because you and I have been talking about this for almost two years, mm-hmm. that all these hospitalizations and deaths that, that, they were overblowing them. They were overblowing them for, for the coronavirus. And now they're saying, um, I was just listening to Fox and Friends, and Brian Kilmeade says, just wait. They're going to, they, well, now they're, they're, the CDC has decided to separate the numbers of people who are coming in with like a broken leg, a heart attack, or whatever from those who really have are coming in because of, of COVID. Yeah. And he said, watch and wait and see. In the next couple of weeks, they're going to say, oh, wait. All these 900,000 people who have died over the last um, two years, let's see, they might not have all died from COVID. They might have died from other things and just had a test for COVID. Yeah. And oh my goodness, the CDC quietly admitted that in August well, of I, 2020. Yeah, in fact, I do recall the CDC publishing uh, that, of course, there's been not many hundreds of thousands of people with COVID, but people that have died from COVID, it's only 6% of the number they use. That was published on the CDC website. Many people take issue with that statistic, but now it seems like they're backtracking back to a percentage of the people of the deaths that have occurred so far because of COVID are because of COVID, not uh, not just with COVID. Motorcycle accidents, people dying for a lot of variety of reasons, they attributed it to COVID. Unfortunately, and it's just ballooned the numbers and the consequence it's created tremendous fear in the American population. Well, I was just going to say, it's all about it's all about um, controlling the people with fear. Mm-hmm. And they forgot, they, they completely neglected during all this time to say that um, that COVID, had, um, people dying of COVID is, is you have a 99, over 99% chance of surviving from COVID, which is better than the regular flu. Yeah. But, but the media and, and the networks have these numbers glaring at you that, oh my goodness, if you don't take the vaccine, if you don't um, do what we say, you're going to be dropping dead in the streets. And that was never, ever the case. Yeah, never the case indeed. In fact, uh, uh, what we're seeing right now is that uh, uh, if you spread any misinformation, this is from the Department of Homeland Security, a, 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 a domestic terror threat. If you if spreading information, false information about COVID could be a domestic terror threat. And this is this is incredible because some people are simply trying to question the CDC, trying to question the current uh, uh, narrative about CDC, and it's all coming to light right now. But in spite of that. The Department of Homeland Security is issuing this terror alert, which is very concerning because it's directed at American citizens who simply are trying to seek out the truth. Along with the parents from Loudoun County, who who the um, attorney general uh, sent a letter out that they were domestic terrorists. Yeah. 
I mean, the talk about talk about a weaponized uh, justice system. Holy smokes, this is just getting amazing. Yeah, and well, kind of interesting though. It looks like the people are beginning to win. We'll take a look at what's happening in Canada with the truckers, uh, the protest, the freedom uh, protest. And uh, now several of the provinces in Canada begin to re reverse course and not uphold uh, Trudeau's mandate on uh, vaccines. And so, and so they're pretty much saying to Justin Trudeau, you can go pound sand. Yeah. It's just amazing. But I just want to bring up something um, which was very amazing when I brought up Loudoun County. They had a... a teachers um, or a, a board of education uh, meeting in Loudoun County last night and all these kids uh, came up and spoke in the microphone and says I can't breathe I can't learn I can't do anything with these diapers on my face and and the and the one young man said and did you even notice and by, by the way we knew this from a long time on the side of the box that contains the masks it says these do not stop the spread of COVID-19 and the room was absolutely silent. This young man was so brave and he got a, a, a applause from the from the uh, audience and then they brought in all these little boy scouts brought in these uh, uh, not poles but um, uh, what do you call them when standards something well I don't know what you, you know, call them. Well when you get when you have a bunch of people sign oh the uh, petition petition they came in with huge piles of petitions signed that we need to overturn this and the the board of education or the, the people on that uh, board was they were just stunned they were just yeah, speechless yeah. so people are taking their taking their lives back it's about time it is about time it's good to see and uh, i think saskatchewan and uh, some other provinces in uh, canada are saying okay we're going to drop all these but what's interesting to me is we're seeing states the united states uh which used to have very strict mandates, very uh, draconian measures in place. For example, New Jersey, all of a sudden just pivot, reverse course. It seems to me like uh, somebody got a, sent out a memo saying, okay, let's let up on the mandates. Let's, uh, uh, let's reverse course now, which is to me extremely suspicious. Election year. Yeah. It's election year. And, and these people are figuring out that uh, they're getting caught, quite mm -hmm. frankly. Just, just all of this stuff that that's coming to light. Um, the Olympics, the failure of the Olympics is is coming to light. The failure of this lockdown is coming to light. Um, and like I mentioned to you before, all of this, the curtain is being pulled back on all of this. All of the uh, um, people that we thought were on our side, the rhinos, everything is being exposed. And it's just, it's, it's really disappointing to see that these yeah. people it's, um, kind of, it's kind of like providence is it? it's kind yeah. of like this is all kind of supposed to be happening this way we were so disappointed that uh, president trump didn't end up in the white house i'm not going to say he wasn't elected but i am going to say he doesn't didn't end up in the white house as a consequence of the 2020 elections but maybe this is kind of starting to reveal the true motivation and the true uh, politics behind what's going on right now because there's a lot of new information for example you mentioned that uh, Mitch McConnell apparently is having a fundraiser that's being sponsored by John Podesta. Yeah, Hillary Clinton's uh, uh, campaign manager for for her last run. I'm telling you, the, these these rhinos in Congress, um, uh, Mitch McConnell, um, John Barrasso, uh, uh, 
this one one uh, congressman from Louisiana. I can't think of his name. Not not uh, John Kennedy, but, but yeah. another one. Yeah. They're, they're, the curtains being pulled back on on all of them, and it's it's like I said, it's really disappointing because we thought you know they were on our side, but they're not. Well, so the 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 thesis is there's some people up in Washington D.C. That wanted to go up and clean the swamp. They decided it was a hot tub instead, and they'd like to stay. But they want to be part of the political elite. They want to go to the cocktail parties, and they want to be part of the in crowd in Washington D.C. So they uh, subvert, sub, subvert their 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 politics and their uh, their point of view, not to making America great again, but to being part of the political elite, which is so unfortunate. And that, and I think this current movement now is starting to starting to reveal these people and who they are. Oh, and, and it's all circled back to COVID now. Look at look at the people in in Congress who are who give lip service on every television camera that they come across, saying, "Oh, we're doing, we're going to do this, we're going to do this." Lindsey Graham comes to mind. Uh, uh, the um, Kevin McCarthy comes to mind. Um, I know I've mentioned this before, but let me just mention it again. Um, Pfizer is making billions of dollars off off this vaccine vaccine it's the biggest selling thing that they've got on the market they're making billions and guess guess who are the two people in congress that are getting lobbying money from pfizer kevin mccarthy and mitch mcconnell hmm. and how many people do you know that have gone to uh congress with, with as just a middle class citizen and come back a millionaire i mean they're that's that's the rule not just an exception uh, well how about uh, nancy pelosi's 200 million dollar uh, haul from stock trades, insider information. And uh, she says, "Well, it should be legal." <laughs> oh, by the way, by the way, I don't know if you you're aware of this, but um, um, Nancy Pelosi was, you know, poo pooing uh, uh, China and all this. But her husband has a, a limo company that that operates in China, which they're making. Uh, oh my goodness! So it's oh the oh the. Oh, the wicked web we weave, right? When, when we first practice, when we first practice to deceive. And, and oh, by the way, so so Nancy Pelosi's son is uh, is being investigated too for for uh, dilly dallying and and stuff he shouldn't be over in China. Yeah. And and oh, let's not forget Hunter Biden. Of course, Hunter of uh, taking in the thirty one million dollars from the communist Chinese. <coughs> of course, this probably does not in any way compromise the President of the United States. No, no. He said sarcastically. All right, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob <coughs> Harden Broadcasting Network. It's Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he will help you too.
School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.optimaed.org. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought, we're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We're continuing the conversation with Linda Harden. Uh, and uh, Linda, again, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. My pleasure. So uh, have you noticed uh, the absence, conspicuous absence, of Anthony Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci? Uh, I just don't see him on the media anymore. No, and, and usually he's on one or more of Sunday shows or whatever. Maybe he, he'll... His little face will surface today, but we haven't seen him for over a week, yeah. which is very, very telling. Well, well, what do you think it says? I'm, I'm uh, thinking maybe he's being investigated or they're trying to uh, cut him. They know he's lost his popularity. He's lost his message, his traction with the public. Uh, but I also wonder, sooner or later, he's lied. Maybe they are doing an investigation on the lies that he's told to Congress. I, you know what, I, that wouldn't that be great? Yeah, it would. But but uh, the left is going to shut down any any um, criticism. I just think they've they've told him to stay home for a while until all this dies down, which it won't, by the way, because people are more and more enraged. Um, him him pushing these vaccines. I, I don't know if people just wake woke up when um, when they said they wanted they want to uh, vaccinate. Six-month-old babies. Yeah, I mean, I mean that—that's just. I mean, Pfizer is just. The line. Pfizer is pulling in money like there's no tomorrow. They have no liability. They're selling this stuff to the federal government. People aren't having to pay for it. They go ahead and inject it in themselves. Themselves. Now they're coming up with new uh, vaccines for the Omicron variant and uh, so forth. If this is uh, simply a money train for. Pfizer and uh, I've always questioned what in the heck how how is Fauci benefiting from this how is the CDC benefiting from this because they're pushing it at the expense of all the other remedies that might be available to help people from either getting COVID or treating it having some sort of therapies treatment therapies for COVID. The CDC needs to get mantled, dismantled, so does the FDA. They're just, um, they're corrupt uh, organizations. Um, by the way, speaking of Pfizer, I think I sent you last night uh, a little uh, blurb that they sent out uh, about uh, their business may be disrupted because of reports coming out about about uh, uh, adverse effects in, in vaccines and whatever. I'm paraphrasing. I, I can't, I don't have this exact thing in front of me. Yeah. But uh, keep in mind that in March, which is next month, 
my birthday month. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for the reminder. I know. <laughs> so they're supposed to start uh, revealing all these uh, all this information from Pfizer about all those tests. Remember all that all those documents that they wanted to cover up for seventy five years, and these judges are going, nope, 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 you can't do it. We're going to start. You've got to re- start revealing like forty five thousand pages starting in March, and so they're getting caught because what they let's see. If you don't want stuff to be revealed for 75 years, what does that tell you? We're hiding something. That's exactly right. It is indeed. Lynn, I could continue this conversation for a long time, but unfortunately our time is up. I just genuinely appreciate uh, your input and commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Well, I'm hopeful that uh, we're going to get this equipment working so we can have some telephone guests. Uh, We didn't today, but nevertheless, I certainly enjoyed spending time with you, and I hope you learned. I certainly did uh, some some interesting things. Uh, Tomorrow, if the creek don't rise, we'll we'll have some great guests as well, including Keith Flaw, the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll visit with Michael Cannon. He's a director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute. Uh, and we'll visit with the uh, former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, and Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, is scheduled to join us as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. <laughs> for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.